Welcome to the second part of King and Kingdom series on the Gospel of Mark. Today's passage is taken from Mark 1, 16-20. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. I wonder what is on your mind when it comes to looking for work. Is it the pay? Is it the location? The impacts of the work? The demand of the work? The employer? Or all of the above? Well, this last week, as well as preparing for the sharing today, I was also interviewing job seekers at Boundless Community Ministries, connecting a neighbor to resources that help both soul-searching and work-searching, and preparing for the transition of one team member going on parental leave and one new team member coming on board. Then comes this passage, in which a number of boys were looking for work, working for fishes along the sea. It was business as usual, earning a living, and also doing maintenance. Then comes a new offer, a different kind of fishing, fishing people, and then comes more people. They left behind the old way of life to take on the new offer, doing what was similar but different. It started with a calling, a calling from Jesus. But today, continuing with the big announcements of the introduction of the King and Kingdom series, we come to this passage in Mark 1, 16-20, and here Jesus was saying, Follow me. In this kingdom, King Jesus is the caller. He calls us to a cause, and to do so involves a cost. Caller, cost, cost. But before I go on, you may wonder, so what about it? Well, most of us spend quite a bit of time in our day working, and a good number of years in our lives doing so. So does that matter? The passage suggests it is. And on top of that, Jesus brings to it more. Following Jesus as a cause, but really is the greatest cause, the highest calling. He brings a sense of direction, satisfaction, and life. Now let's dive in. The setting of our text today is in the first century Roman Empire, along the Sea of Galilee, which is in modern-day Israel, with Jesus, as well as Simon, who is also known as Peter, his brother Andrew, as well as the two sons of Zebedee, James and John. They were engaging in the business of fishing. It was the early stage as they became four of the twelve disciples of Jesus. As Jesus was proclaiming the good news from last week, we heard, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee and saw the boys. And he called, Follow me. Jesus is the caller. And this first point, Jesus is the caller, is very important. In our culture nowadays, it is quite common that we look for a sense of calling. This is most obvious but a quote by Oprah Winfrey. There is no greater gift that you can give or receive than to honor your calling. This is why you were born. And how you become most truly alive. You see, this quote is quite true. But we just look at this on its own. We miss out on bits on the bigger picture where God comes in. For you see, for there to be calling, there must be a caller. Without a caller, there is no calling. For example, sometimes I feel lonely or looking for someone so that 
they can call me. But I can't just call myself, can I? Well, I guess I could say OK Google or just get Siri to call my other phone. But that defeats the whole point. You see, calling is not just a bunch of self-assessment or online search result. For there to be a real calling, there must be a caller. And that is where Jesus comes in. Also, as a caller, Jesus is constant. Not in the sense that he is boring, but the fact that he is reliable in the midst of change. Our lives, circumstances, especially in our fast-paced day and age, in the midst of all these global crises that we are in, it is changing. But Jesus is the one constant amidst of all these changes. Here in our text, I notice a little pattern. First, Jesus' call came to the two boys, Simon and Andrew, to fish out the men and women, and then they left the net. Then Jesus' call came to two other boys, James and John, who were mending nets, and then they left the other men, namely the father and the higher servants. The order was swapped, the net and the men, the men and the net. But what was always the first? Jesus' call. That is constant. Follow me. Go figure. Now, a quick example from a community ministry is the parental leave that just began recently. As our stages of life changes, our roles also change. If our true calling is tied to just our job, the work that we do, which could be temporary, both literally and, and figuratively speaking, our lives will be like a roller coaster, changes all the time. Our true calling, though, is for all of life, and King Jesus is a caller. We are called to follow him. And within that bigger picture, he calls us to do work, do volunteer, raise a child, do anything for his kingdom cause at different times, doing the same thing, follow him. Now that wraps up the first point. The second point, Jesus calls us to follow him, and he calls us to a cause, the greatest cause. Now before I tell you what it is, I want to say what it is not. When Jesus called the boys to follow him and leave what they were doing, this is not to say fishing or mending nets had no meaning. In fact, quite the opposite. And Simon and Andrew were fishing for fish, and that is a providential thing to do. They provide food for themselves and other people. God does that too, every day for humans and all creation. But God creatively changed it up into the redemptive work of fishing other men and women, or saving people who are lost. More on that in a second. James and John were mending nets. There was redemptive work too, turning the broken useful again. The word here in the original Greek language is adiso, and God does that. And that word carries another layer of meaning other than mending. It also presents equipping. I think there might be a word play with the word adiso here, like a pun suggesting the work is both redemptive and revelatory. Equipping James and John and getting them to equip others to fish to mend what is broken beyond just nets. Now, onto this greatest cost that I was talking about. Without giving you too much spoiler, by the end of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus sent Simon, Andrew, James, John, and others to do exactly what he called them to do here, to share about the good news of Jesus to all lost people caught in sin and mending the damage in all creation caused by sin. Jesus' kingdom is set to undo everything negative that sin has brought into our world, and he plans to accomplish this through people. Is this man in this translation? Yes, but the idea is that Jesus uses men and women together to make this happen. You and I are invited to join in this greatest cause bigger than ourselves. 
Now, earlier I said Jesus is the one constant, and how this plays out, though, in each of our individual lives may differ. Simon and Andrew were fishing, and so Jesus got them to fish people. And from what I see, God is calling the community ministry at Boundless to give people fish, and also to teach people to fish, and so that those who are taught can also give out fish and equip others to fish. This is a repertory work in Christian discipleship. This is a compassionate work of ending individual poverty. This is also the justice work of ending structural poverty one person at a time. We can each play a role. Maybe it is to help a refugee to integrate into our society. Give resume help for a single mother who is looking for work. Doing little things with great love to those in need. Blake Mikowski said, If you organize your life around your passion, you can turn your passion into your story and then turn your story into something bigger, something that matters. And you see, Jesus is a caller and he makes sure this process happens in our lives. And we get to do this together. That wraps up the second point. Now onto the third point. Jesus calls us to follow him, inviting us to join his cause, and that has a cost. You may have heard, accepting Jesus is grace, a free gift, and God's acceptance is not predicates on one fixing up his or her own life first. You see, that is correct, but accepting Jesus and following him is a different matter. See an example in this text today. When Jesus called, Simon and Andrew immediately left their nets. When Jesus called, James and John left their father separately in boats with the highest servants. They all left behind something, the good, or could be the bad, for something that is greater. This last week, we published on social media some very stellar statistics of our ongoing community ministries at Boundless in the midst of COVID-19. Then I added more when we presented to the community council, namely 3,960 people served by COVID-19 hampers, 8,585 people served by the free food market, 292 backpacks shared with school-age children during back to school. These are good, and we have gotten some recognition from these. But sometimes, I think the good can keep us from doing the great. The revelatory work of Christian discipleship, the compassionate work of ending individual poverty, and justice work of ending structural poverty that we just talked about. You see, in our context, the time needed to journey in with someone, learning to fish is equivalent to the time we spend to feed 150 people with fish on a weekly basis. So one person, all the time. Is it worth it? I think it is yes. You know me may have to give up something good namely all the recognition. And so it was with our lives. Whatever equivalent that we have, just like the boys did with their fishing business, they could be good or could be bad. Jesus is offering something far better. Follow me, he calls. It costs everything, even our very life. And German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, when Jesus Christ calls a person, he bids him or her come and die. And so here's a spoiler alert for you. The book of Acts tells us that later James was killed because he followed Jesus. Christian tradition tells us that Simon and Andrew suffered the same fate, and John was exiled only because they couldn't kill him. So is it worth it? Yes, and here's why. Because Jesus came and died for Simon, for Andrew, for James, for John, for me, and also for you, each person. Earlier I said, you may have heard accepting Jesus' grace, a free gift. And that is true, but three doesn't mean cheap. Jesus paid a heavy price with his own life and so that you can be called and join his cause. You see, sins didn't just mess up other people in the world, but it also mess up you and I, our relationship with God. We're selfish, we settle with the good, we're part of the world's many problems, 
often without knowing it. Jesus came. Through his death, fix everything. And he's alive, calling. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe in the gospel. And he backs it up, because he laid it down with his own life, paying the greatest cost and overcoming the effects of sin and death. So follow him. I have said enough. Jesus is the caller. He calls us to a cost, and he pays the cost himself so that we. Can follow suit, and sometimes even in the midst of doing all the community ministries, with the day-to-day -day going on, I lost perspective. Maybe you, in your work, feel this way. You may ask, "What am I doing, and why?" May I ask you then to turn your question to one that is about whom, whom I should follow, because that puts us in the right perspective. And may your answer be none other than the King. Jesus. Amen.